Somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from as Votes for Damas. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. Tonight on That Kevin Show, super journalist John Solomon, super comedian Kelly Collette, super songwriter Corey Asbury, supermodel Elizabeth Pipko, and the super weird Alfred Yankovic. And now, live from Times Square, where Bradley Cooper's new fake nose has been confused for the shark fins of Jamaica Bay, here's that Kevin! I did not even know that that was a controversy, that uh, Bradley Cooper's, uh, he's doing some sort of biopic on Bernstein, and um, he he got a prosthesis, and it looks like a shark fin, and there's people that uh, are not very happy about it. So, anyway, uh, we've got lots of important things to get to this evening on That Kevin Show. Thank you. Welcome to the weekend. Very glad to have you. Uh, it is an interesting time in the election cycle of 2024 because the, um, the 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 teeth is getting bared and the people are having their uh, they're having their opinions uh, be floated out there. And this week, like the last several, ending the week on kind of a controversial note, uh, the former president, number 45, Donald Trump, rumored to be a fan of this show. Uh, said that he is not going to participate in the debates this uh, coming week. August 23rd uh, is the first one. Fox News is hosting it, and it's kind of being seen as a <clears throat> thumb in the eye to both uh, the Republican National Committee and to Fox News as well. And now the other candidates are being asked about this uh, on various uh, platforms that they're on. Here's a sample of Ron DeSantis with Eric Erickson last week. We're president there with the rest of you. It, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I mean, how do you see the, the lay of the debate stage for next week? Well, we're prepared either way. Um, you know, it, it, it is what it is. And I think everyone should debate uh, if you qualify. Uh, I think you owe it to the people to put out your vision, uh, to talk about your record, answer questions about, about your record and decisions that you may have made or not made. And if you're not willing to do that, then I think that, that people are not going to look kindly on that. Now, that's that's the actual second place uh, pollster right now in terms of the, the rankings. DeSantis is in second place. Vivek Ramaswamy close on his heels, uh, but they're actually within the running. You've got Chris Christie and Mike Pence running around saying this things like that too, as if anybody really cares 
what Chris Christie has to say about the upcoming GOP primary. I mean, the dude has a higher approval rating with Democrats than with the Republicans. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, and be just be very careful. Be very guarded. Uh, any extra pizza or Krispy Kremes you have laying around, if Chris Christie visits your place of business, they, they might be gone quickly. Anyway, um, so here's the thing. He made the announcement. He said, uh, I've given it some thought. I'm not going to debate this next week. And he said, look, Reagan didn't have to do that. He had a huge lead in the polls going into his reelection. He decided not to debate. Uh, this is very common. And it somewhat is. Now, if you're a fan of Trump, you probably are sitting there going, but wait a minute, isn't he going to give all the stage time and all the oxygen in the universe uh, to someone else? Well, they're going to meet. They're going to have their debate. Fox News is going to cover it, and it's going to it's going to draw the audience that all of the Republican primary uh, candidates will draw without him being there. And I, I'm going to go out on the on the limb now and say it's not going to have that much of an audience. Donald Trump is the Republican superstar right now. And if he is doing something competitively against that time slot at the same time, you can be pretty darn sure they're not going to be that worried about what Mike Pence and Chris Christie or even Vivek Ramaswamy or uh, Ron DeSantis have to say. They're going to be somewhere else taking a listen to what Donald Trump has to say. But it's important that he pick the right place, right? So where's he going to be? On the X platform, formerly known as Twitter, it's really bothersome that we have to do that. It, it, appearing on X, formerly known as Twitter, I, I feel I have like bad Prince reruns, you know, the artist formerly known as. Anyway, uh, but that's where he'll be on the Tucker show. Now, you may be saying, Kev, what, well, why is that significant? Well, just take a look at some numbers. On a given night uh, between 7 and 11 p.m. Eastern time, Fox News garners, and they are head and shoulders above everybody else in the cable news universe, they shoulder about 2.23 million viewers uh, in that in those four hours. You count every single person that's watching, they get about 2.2 million people watching on a given night. Not bad. It's about a half million more than MSNBC, and it's about 1.7 million more than CNN. Nobody's watching CNN. I don't even know why it's still on the air. Literally, you have like 200,000 people watching on CNN. I have more people streaming this particular stream on a given week than what CNN has in that uh, evening. So that's that's just where that's at. But let's take a look at, at what Tucker Carlson is doing since leaving Fox News. If you go back and you just take the last five episodes of his Twitter-only or X-platform-only show... He's averaging 28.2 million viewers per episode. That's nearly twice, that's nearly 15 times the audience of Fox News for that same given night. So if you're talking about 30 million people viewing, and Vivek Ramaswamy just sat with him, he had 38 million. Um, the Tate brothers were on with him uh, a couple of weeks ago. They had 44 million. I will guarantee you, Donald Trump's appearance with Tucker on X is going to shatter whatever previous record he has. So look for 50 million or above in terms of audience on the Trump sit-down. But this is what they're going to do. He's going to be with Tucker on the alternative platform presenting whatever he wants to present. 
in a less filtered format than he's going to have in the debate. And he's not going to sit there and have to put up with Chris Christie being a loudmouth for the whole evening, saying stuff that doesn't make any sense. So that's what Fox News has backed itself into. They're going to have a debate with all these people that have no chance at all of winning the nomination. Meanwhile, Tucker, who's doing a lot better on X than he was, <laughs> that sounds weird, that who's, Tucker's who's doing a lot better on X, the, for, the platform formerly known as Twitter. He doesn't take X. He's, he's on X. Elon, you got to do something about this. It's terrible. But anyway, he's going he's gonna to score more audience with Tucker on the same night uh, with the alternative platform and the different ways that's delivered than he will on the... Now, there's one other reason why he shouldn't bother debating these guys. There's brand new NPR poll that's out just yesterday. Just yesterday, this poll from the National Public Radio, not exactly your conservative bastion of journalism, not exactly at all, but, uh, but NPR released a brand new poll yesterday that shows that among independents, not in the GOP primary, but in a head-to-head -head election were it held today with the current president, Joe Biden, who's likely the Democratic nominee, that Donald Trump would thrash him 48 to 40. He has an eight-point lead amongst independents. You're going to count on Republicans voting Republican, Democrats voting Democrats, where this election the difference that it will be made in is in the independent category. And right now, he's absolutely throttling Joe Biden. Well, why is that? Partly because of the continued phony indictments that keep getting filed and shoehorned into his calendar. Now they're trying to make the court dates correspond with Super Tuesday so he can't campaign and all this stuff. Keep doing that, man. Just keep going down that path. You know what's going to happen? You're going to make him more and more popular. You're turning him into a political martyr, the likes of which the country's never seen. But we've never seen an administration be this corrupt and act this badly and go to this kind of level of Marxist measures to keep their opponents out. So people are watching with their eyes saying, we're losing America. Who's fighting for America? They don't have to watch a debate to figure that out. And that's why Donald Trump's not going to do the debate. He's going to have a bigger audience. He's going to have more people watching. And they know that he's the guy for their side. That's the assessment. Kevin McCullough coming right back. I knew it. Ah, uh, come on, Kev. What's a few classified documents between friends? I told you. I told you all the time. I knew it. I knew he had some, too. Here he is. That Kevin. Kevin McCullough. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is one of the most important journalists on the planet today. He's worked for all of the major big journalism houses, and he's running the best news shop on the planet now. He is the proprietor of Just the News. Please welcome... John Solomon. When when we 
way of thinking about uh, the 2024 cycle, as nearly everybody is, there's some really huge stories here. One, Trump is defying all of the conventional rules, and he continues to uh, just go up in his rating and approval and his lead over his primary uh, uh, opponents, uh, etc. In fact, they were trying to shame him last weekend. Oh, he didn't sit down with the governor at the Iowa Fair. What an opportunity he's missing. Meanwhile, he's buzzing He's buzzing the speeches of the other guys with Trump Force One, and they break out in chants for him. Um, There is a cataclysmic collision headed our way between um, the administration, uh, most pronouncedly the fist of the Justice Department, and the force that is the people and the people as they are gathering their steam behind Donald Trump. Where does this end? I assume it ends with the wisdom of the American people that they will cast a verdict in the court of public opinion in November of 2024 that will resolve a lot of these things. If they think what's happened to Donald Trump is wrong and that this is banana republic tactics, they are going to vote him into office and that gives him the opportunity to pardon himself federally, maybe get state governors to uh, pardon him and get these cases off the uh, ledger long term or certainly delay them to after he's president. Uh, but if uh, if they don't feel that, they'll pick another person to either be the nominee or the president. And uh, and the, the Trump era will come to a close in a, in a very cataclysmic way. Uh, I think that's ultimately probably what our founding fathers wanted in a moment like this, that elections be the ultimate decider of issues like this. But unfortunately, there has been a justice system from the state all the way up to the federal level that seems to want to intrude on the Americans' ability to do that, to try to sideline Donald Trump. Just think about this. If Georgia meets its... Um, current target to hold the large and complicated racketeering trial in six months, it will mean that Donald Trump has seven separate trials in 2024 when he's trying to run for president. Seven. That's not an accident. A lot of these cases go back years, but yet all of them seem to have gotten ripe at the same time as 2024 was coming forward. Um, I think a lot of people look at that and say, do we really want to live in a country where the opposition party leader, who a lot of people like, maybe half the country, is facing seven trials during the election? Kind of feels like what we would have seen in the old African dictator uh, uh, nations back uh, a half century ago or in the Soviet Gulag era. Um, I think a lot of people see that. But at the end of the day, the American people can foil the system by electing Donald Trump or they can say, listen, I've looked at the indictments and I think Donald Trump doesn't deserve to be president and they can vote him out. Uh, That will ultimately be the final verdict on this very unprecedented time in American history. It seems a little bit odd to me that... um that the American people are giving the current administration the runway that they are on this simply because um, there there could be there could be changes to this process. I mean, uh, sure. Rachel Maddow was the one that said on television, "If you don't run for president, this all goes away." Um, yeah. it, they're they're baiting the people with as much of an obvious. Not only are we doing this, but we're doing it in your face as they possibly can. John, yeah. on on record. Has there ever been a period of American history where anything like this has been something that we could look to and say that's how they handled it then? Certainly not in modern history. I mean, over the years, there's been some pretty fun moments uh, or uh, we look back and say fun now, but they were probably very tense moments uh, where unusual things happen. But I think this is even in the full 247 plus year history of this country, this is probably uh, unprecedented and unchartered waters. 
Uh, and I think that that's a, a very uh, you know unnerving thing for a lot of people. We don't know how this is going to end. Uh, uh, the uh, charges last night carry a mandatory prison sentence if you're convicted of them. If Donald Trump was convicted of all the crimes and sentenced to the maximum, he'd be in prison somewhere between six and eight hundred years. Uh, is that uh, what Americans intended? Uh, is this what they see as an extension of the bogus Russia collusion case? Uh, do they see maybe Donald Trump stepped in a mousetrap and he deserves this? I don't know. Uh, the polls right now show Do uh, Joe Biden going down in the ratings. Uh, I think 37 percent approval with uh, Scott Rasmussen yesterday, very low. Uh, and uh, Donald Trump up above 40 percent and in some national polls beating Joe Biden head to head. That seems to me an early way of the American people saying we reject what's going on right now, but it's early. Yeah, uh, there could be a different nominee. There could be a different outcome. The, a lot of things are going to happen between now and November. But I think the early polling data is a subtle way of the American people or maybe not so subtle way of the American people saying, I don't like what you're doing. I've always thought that Trump under polls, too. So the fact that he's sure. as high as he is, I think, is interesting. And Breitbart had a poll. I think it was about two weeks ago. I saw the headline yeah. that said he was up 18 with independence uh, over Biden in a head to head yeah. matchup. I th And I think that's where this gets decided. The middle, the middle ground, yeah. people that aren't hardened partisans are going to be the ones that's that decide. Right. I think the people that are hard in uh, Donald Trump's camp are hard in the never Trump camp are not going to change. Nothing that has happened in the last six months of extraordinary history is going to change your mind. It is going to be those in the middle, the undecideds, the independents, maybe people who've never voted before, first time low propensity voters getting into the game. Uh, but I think you're right. And I think at the end of the day, that's probably what the founding fathers and all of their wisdom back in 1776, 1789, probably were banking on. They, they really created a system that could be so elastic that it could even deal with the moment we're in now, even though for many people it feels hopeless or the country feels lost. Uh, there are still mechanisms available to us uh, to uh, reclaim or to fix what we think is wrong here. And I think um, 2024 will be that election. We will get a verdict one way or the other uh, to, to do it. It's, you know, a lot of Democrats have said, oh, look at this. It's all going to happen during the election. That's the way we planned it. Right. Well, they're being kind of honest about it. So uh, I guess we ought to take them at the word. Last area of thought on this, uh, and I want your perspective, the president of former president trump's maybe his biggest accomplishment in his term was what he did for the judiciary in terms of the number sure. of judges that he got appointed do yeah. you see the supreme court being an arbiter in this ultimate cataclysm battle that comes between the biden administration and the american yeah. people uh it's certainly some of these issues are going to reach the supreme court uh the supreme court thus far has not been willing to take preemptive action on behalf of Donald Trump. They have voided uh, or allowed his uh, attorney-client privilege to be voided, uh, his executive privilege to be voided. Uh, and, and I think that uh, if you take past as prologue, uh, then maybe um, uh, they're not going to intervene as many times here as well. They're going to let the judicial system play out and then review it on uh, remand after the case is done. Uh, but there are some important issues. Georgia, the indictment that came last night, could very well be moved to a federal court. Uh, it clearly seems to meet the standard according to legal experts I've talked to. Um, uh, that's a big change if you take it out of uh, 
uh, Georgia's hands. Fulton County. Right. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's a big thing. Um, there are issues of uh, separation of powers or issues of statutory limitations. Some of those are going to get to the Supreme Court. My guess is uh, the president will have a mixed bag and win some, lose some. Uh, I think ultimately the outcome is going to be more decided by what statement the American people make when they vote in November of uh, 2024. Don Solomon, always appreciate your insights. Thank you for joining us. Great to be with you, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back from Times Square. Ready or not, you'll be right back. Now, back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. Welcome back. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Um, I am very excited about something that's going to happen in 2024, and I want to tell you about it now for a couple of reasons. One, I've only got space for 32 people to join me, uh, but when I think you kind of fully understand how special this opportunity is going to be, um, those seats are going to go super fast. So um, a number of years ago, um, before my grandfather's passed away, I, I had long conversations with them about World War II and what it meant. Uh, they both served in the U.S. Navy uh, in the big war. And they they wouldn't talk about a lot of the aspects of what their service consisted of, what it meant. Um, they would tell me some tangential things where, where they were, um, kind of the, the general mood of the people they served with and, and a very limited amount of the things that they saw. But it is not something that that generation was comfortable with. Yet, when you look back at history and when you understand that World War II was a dividing point between the modern era and, and what came before, how the world was changed, um, massive, huge uh, concepts overtaking different regions, obviously socialism, Nazism, communism, eventually um, what what the West and, and America and uh, Western Europe stood for. Th these were these were cataclysmic circumstances that created brand new times that we are still kind of living through the the process of understanding what they all mean. Having said all of that, it is also one of the, to me, one of the most fascinating periods of time. And so through the years, I've always thought it would be fun, meaningful, um, hopefully life impacting to take a trip uh, and to study the places where World War II um, impacted and how it, uh, how it changed uh, the universe. Well, I have some great news. If you're uh, a student of history, if you believe that World War II was something that was important uh, and changed the, the globe as we know it, and you want to understand that better, um, I've got an opportunity for you that I did not believe would come along uh, as it has. But next year uh, will be the 80th uh, anniversary of the Normandy invasion and the liberation of France and Europe from Nazi Germany. And in that process, um, we have landed a really inside uh, opportunity here that you're not going to find anywhere else. Um, in fact, there are a few thousand people that are going to do this 
particular trip that I'm going to tell you about, but there are only 32 seats left and they're the ones on my trip. Um, so there are thousands that have already signed up for this. We're not going to travel with all of them. Uh, we would travel together as just a small group of 32 people, but here's where it starts. Uh, in June, uh, on the 80th commemoration of D-Day, we start out in London, uh, in the St. Pat's district, I'm sorry, St. St. Paul's district. Uh, we retrace Churchill steps uh, through, um, uh, his final few hours in the lead up to the D-Day invasion, we uh, we we hit Westminster Abbey. Uh, we have the opportunity to go to the uh, Churchill World War II Museum. Um, we walk through with historians exactly what the impact of the German bombing on London meant to the city. Then after a couple of days in London where we start, we go to Portsmouth where we will overnight for one night and then take a, a, a channel crossing the next morning that would be pretty identical to where the D-Day troops uh, took off and landed. They came from Portsmouth, they landed in Normandy. We will land in Normandy about two hours after we take off uh, across the channel. Um, we're gonna spend three nights in uh, the area of Caen, C-A-E-N, in Northern France and go to all of the beaches uh, on July 4th, we will stand in the Normandy American Cemetery and pay tribute to the fallen soldiers uh, that uh, that gave their lives for, for our freedom on July 4th. It's going to be amazing. Uh, then from there, after we spend those three days in the Normandy region with some food and some, you know, other great things that are going to be features to this, we then uh, head to Paris for the final two days. And in Paris, we retrace the steps of the liberation and we end it all with a dinner cruise on the Seine River right in the heart of the world's most beautiful city. Friends, I want you to come with us on this. Uh, just go to the website, thatkevintour.com, thatkevintour.com. Dot com has all the details that Kevin tour.com. And uh, if you're watching on the Salem news channel or biz TV, the phone number is also on the screen. You can call, but go to that Kevin tour.com and hold your spot. And then join us next June and July for the 80th uh, liberation of uh, 80th anniversary of the liberation of Paris and London and Europe in world war two. I hope you'll come ready or not. We'll be right back. That Kevin. Now, back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. And off to the dry bar comedy stage we go for first time contributor Kelly Collette. I don't know if you guys have people like this in your life, it's a really fun game. Like last year she called me and she's like, hey Kelly, all right, it's Christmas, okay? I want this blender, all right? It's from Target, okay? It's $40, okay? Would you get that for me? I was like, all right. She was like, you were so thoughtful. <laughs> what can I buy for you? I was like, $40 gift card to Target. <laughs> right? I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> make it a hundred. I'm trying to win Secret Santa this year, right? That's how competitive I am. I try and win Secret Santa. Every, I try and win all the games. Don't invite me to your bridal shower. Don't invite me to your baby shower. I'll knock over your grandma to win a potted plant. Like, I am so competitive. I try and win 
the baby shower games as if the prize is I get to keep the baby. You know what I mean? Like, that's how competitive I am. It's ridiculous. So competitive. I had to say this to my friends on multiple occasions. I had to be like, I'm very sorry for what I said to you when we were in the escape room. <laughs> You're not useless. You're just not as good as Sudoku as me, and that's not your fault, all right? Just a very competitive person. Any hoarders here tonight? No, they never are. They're at home with their treasure babies. They couldn't make it out the door to come to the show. Right? Low-key a hoarder. I think I'm a hoarder a little bit because it's so easy to get anything you want nowadays. Like, are you guys addicted to Amazon? Right? I can't believe it. Every time a package comes to my house and I see that it's an Amazon package, I'm always like, I didn't order anything. Because that's how quickly it comes. You forget that you even bought anything. I was like, <laughs> I have a secret admirer. This is very mysterious. This is fun. And then I open it and I'm like, oh, zit stickers. That's right. <laughs> I had a zit yesterday. The stickers are clear. They disappear. It'll hide on you every single time. Don't buy clothes on Amazon also. That's my biggest advice. Never buy clothes on Amazon because it's never the quality you think you're going to get. I bought an outfit on Amazon one time. I was so excited about it. I wore it for New Year's Eve. I was like, I'm going to look hot in this. <laughs> I'm going to look like Mariah Carey. I put it on. I was like, like, I look like Drew Carey. Why did I, why did I buy a blazer and glasses? It's <laughs> a weird, it's a weird New Year's Eve work. <laughs> 90s Mariah, in case anybody was judging me. All right. Always be my baby Mariah. That's what I was going for. <laughs> Classic Mariah. Ah. Uh, but my friends, like, they all registered for their stuff on Amazon. It was so easy to get them the stuff. And I'm actually kind of jealous because when I got married, I was 23 years old, and I didn't know how to be a person yet, let alone know what to register for for a wedding registry. I had no idea. Uh, so when I got married, I registered for an ice cream maker and a hammock and a bicycle. <laughs> and I got all of them, you guys. It was awesome. I was like, this is the best birthday ever. Who's this guy? What? I don't know what I need to be a person. An ice cream maker. Oof. But I'm in my 30s now. And it wasn't until last year that I learned what a colander was. A, colander, a pasta strainer. Had no idea. I thought that was a cool metal hat you got to wear in the kitchen while your mom was cooking spaghetti sometimes. I had no idea that you could actually drain pasta with a tool. How did I drain pasta? you might be asking yourself oh well first you take your boiling pot of hot water off the stove and then you slowly walk it over to the sink to pour it out one inch at a time while the steam hits you back in the face you bare hand catch the pasta throw it back on the counter hope it doesn't fall down the dog doesn't eat it that's how you do it in my house thank you the whole time i'm like shark tank better think of something this is getting ridiculous hand hurts so bad I can barely enjoy my ice cream in my hammock, right? I've been doing this really cute thing now. Whenever I make a mistake, I go, oh, sorry, mom brain. I love it. It's so cute. It gets me out of everything. I'm like, oops, mom brain. And my friends are like, Kelly, you're not a mom. I'm like, oh, I forgot. Mom brain. 
So yeah, whose kids are these in my car? Uh, it's gonna be a hard one to explain. You guys, I've never done the walk of shame before. Never. The most shameful walk I do as a person is when I, uh, I take a bag of McDonald's trash out of the passenger side floor seat of my car to walk and to throw away at a second McDonald's location. <laughs> Usually in the same day. Hey, Veronica, right? But I love McDonald's, you guys. I love chemically altered, non-nutritional food that costs a dollar, right? <laughs> it's delicious. But we're not supposed to admit it. Because it's kind of trashy to admit that you like McDonald's, right? Because we all know that McDonald's is just a public restroom that also sells hamburgers. <laughs> ba -da -ba -ba -ba, you gotta pee, right? <laughs> drink and make eye contact, right? Be nice. Be friendly to the people at your local bath McDonald's bathroom. I like McDonald's because it tastes the same wherever you go, and that's like sort of comforting to me as a person. Anywhere you go, McDonald's tastes the same, and I like that. Except there was one time I was in Europe. I got so homesick. I was like, I'll just go visit my friends at McDonald's. That'll make me feel better. <laughs> the American Embassy, you know? <laughs> I walk in, I was like, yes, um, I'll take a McFlurry, please. And they were like, great. Toffee or granola? And I was like, ew, what? That's not candy. That's not like home. I don't want that. They were like, oh, actually, the McFlurry machine's broken. I was like, that's like home. Thank you. Aw, so comforting. Do you ever, uh, you ever take a, a screenshot of a text message? and then accidentally send it right back to that person, then, oh no! Because <laughs> we all know what a screenshot of a text message means, right? It means I'm talking trash about you on a group chat that you're not a part of, right? And they've got to see this. <laughs> I've done that so many times, I've devised my own defense mechanism, right? As soon as I see that I've shot that screenshot off to the wrong person, I start to shame the recipient. Trust me, it works. You can have this one. You just go, look what you said. I had to take a picture of it and send it back to you so you could see how ridiculous it looked coming through my phone in my order. Yeah. yeah. I'm a really good friend for pointing this out to you before anybody in that group chat got a hold of it. <laughs> He'll be right back. with a no-drink minimum. Ladies and gentlemen, Cody Asbury on That Kevin Show. Hospital home was a four-minute drive With a baby on board made it 35 We didn't sleep or wake that night Just laid back these are the days that will want that the kindergarten drop off line his first day of school didn't even cry that was when we knew that 
had a funny way just passing us by. And these are the days that we'll want back, we'll want back. So tell them bedtime stories, give them a kiss, good night, darling. Before we know it, this old house will be quiet. I know we're tired right now. Someday we'll laugh about it. Let's slow it down and raise a glass. 'Cause these are the days that we'll want back. And all of the countless crazy sleepless nights, all of the first and the last, and the tears that we cried, all of the hows. Sometimes growing up feels like goodbye. 'Cause there was a time when we were your world, and now you're moving on to marry your girl. So buy your house and call it home, and give her a life and some kids of her own. So tell 'em bedtime stories. Give 'em a kiss, good night. 'Cause before you know it, that old house will be quiet. I know you're wild right now. Someday we'll laugh about it. Let's slow it down and raise a glass. 'Cause we'll always be your mom and dad. These are the days that we'll want back. We'll want 'em back. We'll want 'em back. These are the days every parent can identify. Tonight on that Kevin show, Cody Asbury, one of the rising stars in country and Christian music, and uh, a very touching, touching tribute to family. Stay with us. Hour two next. Soundtrack. Search hashtag New Music Spotlight on Spotify or Apple Music. 